Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. How are you? How was your holiday? It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Nothing beats Thanksgiving in the South. Yeah. Yeah. I had Thanksgiving in the middle. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. I bet you didn't have cornbread dressing like I did. I I didn't. You probably no. don't, you've never had cornbread dressing. I didn't know there was cornbread dressing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have to fix this. <laughs> That'll be another topic for another day. <laughs> okay. What should we talk about today that's spiritual? Hmm. Cornbread spiritual. Okay. No, it's not. No, I'm just isn't. joking. Um, so we're coming up on uh, New Year's as this episode airs, and so we, I think that we should probably talk about a New Year uh, topic, and typically that comes up with a New Year's resolution, right? And everybody's got one. I'm sure that most of you listeners have in some way, shape, or form said, oh, I'm going to do this this year. I'm going to be better at this this year. I'm going to stop doing this this year, whatever. Right. Um, and I, you know, I guess I've never been big on the resolutions because the few times I ever tried it, I failed within about a week, maybe two. That seems to be typical. I don't know about you. It's what I see. Well, I th- I think we've all had New Year's resolutions. I want to lose a lot of weight, or I'm going to start working out, or yeah, you know, I notice when hit I hit the gym every every yeah, day, and and when I go to the gym in January, it's like it's packed, and then by the time March hits, most of that overflow is New Year's resolution overflow is yeah, left. and get my machine back. Yep, they make it, they make it to about <laughs> March or April, and then it's over. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I think just because people's sink into their old their, their old habits and it's tough to to get a new get a new groove going and a new lifestyle going like yeah that. yeah i know i've 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 tried that road many times not even with new year's res- resolutions but uh, just trying to change habits or or right tendencies reactions whatever i i try to do it and i vow and i promise and i swear that i'll never do that again or i'll stop doing this or i'll be better at that and then I never seem to get there on my own. Well, and those New Year's resolutions are nice and all, but maybe if we had one that was that had more lasting benefits as far as e- eternity, like say getting closer to God. Mm. Yeah, there was a question that one of the listeners had wrote in a while ago, uh, and that kind of brings to mind. Um, what doesn't what does an intimate relationship with God look like? And I'm gonna kind of tie that into this um, because I know in my life all of the resolutions, all of the things that I've promised myself, all of the all of the efforts that I've put in in my own power fail. But when I focused on God, when I started to build the relationship with Him alone, 
for the reason of just getting to know him, things in my life would change. And so what does it look like to, as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you? What does that, what does that mean for our New Year's resolutions? What does it look like in our lives? Um, I can, I've got some experiences I can share in my own life about my relationship with God. And um, I see that you've got something pulled up there. Well, I mean, and God knows that the most important thing that we can do resolution wise is have a, have a relationship with him. Yeah. That's, that's meaningful. And James four, eight says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners and purify your hearts. You double minded. Yeah. Draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Right. And Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything, all these things. And he's talking about the possessions and the word. All uh, have to look it up to be specific. But he's talking about all the things that we worry about first over God. We never seem to accomplish. But when we seek God first, all of our needs are met. All of our, all of our worries are, are begin to melt away because he is the focus. Right. Keeping him at the center is the key. Yeah. And have an intimate relationship with him is the key. How do I do that? Yeah. And what does that look like? <laughs> I mean, because you can say, well, I go to church every yeah. week. That's, that's, I, that, I read and, my Bible and, every yeah, morning. And I read my Bible every day and I pray every day. Yeah. Isn't that enough? How come I, I don't feel close to God? I think it uh, it depends on what you, what you consider close. I mean, do you... God isn't going to have a sit here and have a conversation with you like you and I do. I mean, no, like I'm talking, I'm talking to you every day. I've tried that, and he's not going to he's not going to talk back like you and I talk. To, no, to each other. he does talk back. He does give me some things, but not quite like this with a microphone or right. a PA. That would be amazing though, it just to sit and amazing. talk to God just like you and I talk. That would when be I so was, amazing. Uh, it would be. I was first starting my walk with Jesus. I would. Uh, I had a, a moment in time where I was uh, free in the mornings and I would go to my church that I was at at the time and, and I would make some coffee and I would sit at our little round tables in the sanctuary or the meeting room or whatever you'd like to call it. And I'd pour myself two cups of coffee, one for me, and I'd pour one right across from me for Jesus. Right. And I would sit there and I would, I would talk to him. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking now. Unfortunately, the cup never moved. He never took a drink. And he never talked back. And he never talked back like this, but he did talk back. Those were some of the most profound moments, I think, in my walk with him. And I talk about it all the time, and yet I don't I don't go back to that, and I don't know why. Well, how often in your life has God audibly, or at least sounded like he audibly talked to you? Like not out loud or in your mind or whatever. We say, like, I know that came from God. How many times in your life would I've you say that? I've never had that audible voice. I don't, I've never had the booming. And I'm not saying a booming voice. Yeah. I'm just saying that he's told you exactly what to do. Has, uh, that, has that ever happened? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. There's been very clear moments where I know God has been speaking to me about things that are going on. Mm, I could say... <laughs> That probably at least half of them that I know that he spoke to me, I would ignore or excuse away 
or say no to that's not something I want to hear. And so I'm not going to believe that that was you. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes he tells me things I don't want to hear. Okay. When's the last time that you remember God talking to you? I really. In whatever capacity you want to define it. I mean, the biggest one would be uh, last year for a specific, like, big, big moment in my life. Okay. Um, I can remember I was driving. I was driving home, and my mom was having some difficult times. She's been in, in and out of the hospital. And I was, I was just kind of in a funk and I remember God speaking clearly into my mind. It was not thoughts that I would have come up with my own. He said, I brought you back to Scott's bluff so that you could be with her in these last times. And I said, I'm not going to accept that. I can remember denying it. I can remember saying absolutely not. I don't, I don't want to hear that. Cause you didn't want to say goodbye to your mom. And a year later, she was gone. Wow. And in those moments where I was saying goodbye to her in the hospital, I can remember that God said, I, I warned you. I told you. I tried to prepare you for this. Right. That's pretty powerful. Okay. And, and so those aren't things that I, I, don't, I don't believe I made that up. I can't, I can't even pretend that I made that up. Why would I try and make that up? And it's not something I'm becoming to a point where because of that moment, I'm realizing the times that I hear God um, in, in the way that he speaks to me. And I'm, and I'm trying to work on not excusing it away, ignoring it, or saying no. Right. Well, and it, and it sounds like in this case, God showed up in the, in the time that you you needed it or needed him. Yeah. And it was just in the, in the middle of a normal day. Right. And you know, I, I do, I argue with God. I do have arguments. We have, I, I don't agree with the things that he tells me to do because I'm stupid, I guess, or selfish and I'm human. Well, what has he told you to do that you said you argued with him about then? Oh, there's, I can't give specifics. I just know that I get stubborn, but okay. what I'm doing Okay. Um, and just in general about life. Just in, in general, general about okay. life and okay. everyday situations. And I think when we look at this intimacy with God, um, I think that's more along the lines of what it means is he's, he's the one I talk to. He's the one I go to. He's the one that is so real in my life that I'm recognizing his voice. I'm able to understand how he's talking to me. And I'm not, and I'm not trying to logic it away because my brain, the first thing my brain wants to do is say, well, that wasn't God. How could that be God? That wasn't God. Right. Why would he talk to you? Well, and I think there's a danger of people out there that, that are believers and they, they sit there and they want to have a a good relationship with God and they want to have an intimate relationship with him. And they don't know what that looks like. And they're, they have maybe unreasonable expectations about what that should look like. Right. And then when it doesn't turn out that their way or what they picture in their mind, then they become disenfranchised with the whole process. Yep. And they'll say, well, you know, God won't talk to me the way I want him to talk to me. So he must not, 
he must either he's a mad at me or I'm doing something wrong right. or he won't do it the way I want to. So therefore, I'm just going to give up. the. Whole, I'm just going to give up the whole thing. Right. Yeah, I totally agree because I was in I can that under- same boat. I can understand that, too. I've been there in myself my, in my life for sure. Yeah. And so Hebrews 11, 6 says this. And without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Yeah. And it's funny you pulled that up because I have 11.1 pulled up as well. Oh, what does that say? Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Right. And so that, that just accentuates that statement. My faith is confidence that God exists and that he's for me. Because if I read through the promises of the Bible, he's for me. He'll meet me where I am. He'll, he'll leave heaven to come to earth and seek me out. He goes after the one. He goes after me. Well, yeah. And that's, that's the confidence in what I hope for and the assurance because I don't see it. And Jesus himself said to Thomas, what did he say? Blessed are you. Because you believe, you've seen me and you believe. Because even, Thomas, more, even more blessed are those who have not seen and yeah. yet still believe. Yeah. And that's us. Right. We, didn't, we don't get to see him like those guys did. Thomas right. didn't believe until he put his fingers in the, in the nail scars. Or he said he wanted to, yeah. He and said he's like, I don't know. I saw him die, yeah. and I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you guys are crazy. He's yeah. not alive. Are you right. crazy? Yeah, I won't got, believe it till I see him. He got speared and hung and yep. hung on the cross. He's not, he's not alive. No. But then Jesus says, blessed are those so much more who believe that do not see. And our faith is confidence in what we hope for. So with him telling us that and with us knowing that the history of mankind since Jesus has ascended back to heaven we have to believe and seek out Jesus in a way that they they didn't have to and in a way that that really is on us to seek him out i believe and he's not going to just sit down across the table and have a conversation like you and me are having right as much as we would like to have that happen God doesn't operate that way for most people. Not yet. No. One day we'll get that. Yes. We'll get the table and sitting in his presence and nonstop worship and I don't even know what else. Right. Can't even fathom it. Yeah. So what do we do in the meantime? How do we have a a meaningful relationship with God and an intimate relationship with him? How do we do that? What does it look like? What are the steps we need to take to make this happen and to grow in our relationship with him, Mike? I think it's different for all of us. Right. Okay. I think there's things that we can do that are absolutely staples in our walk with Christ. What's the starter kit? I would say you need to know who Jesus is. Okay. I always, the most powerful thing in my life and in the people that I have seen changes in their lives is understanding to what extent that we can, who Jesus is. And how do you do that? There's only four books that focus 100% on Jesus. Right. So you need to read, read those four books. I always, that's my thing. And, and when I start to forget or I start to get uh, that feeling of, of separateness, when I start to just feel left alone, I go back and I, and I read about Jesus because he's, my example on earth. 
he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen who God is. And so to see Jesus is to see God. Well, and then, but it's more than just the Gospels, though. I mean, I would say most Oh, that's of, just a start. I would say most of the writings of Paul, I mean, he tells, he, Paul was given great insight in who Jesus was, and he, he certainly puts those down and Absolutely. Uh, in writing. So. I mean, the script, so the Bible in general, I would say you need to know what the Bible says because it's the starting point of understanding God's story, who he is, and his heart for me. Right, right. It's, it's kind of like a love letter. It totally is. The whole book is a love letter. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the more I've gotten to know that, the more God can speak to me through that and say he reveals things to me and maybe, maybe that's how he speaks to me, but he reveals things in the scripture, in the Bible that, uh, just show me how to do life, how to see how God is for me, how to really challenge my, my learned things that I, that I, that I think I know about God. God says, ah, you, you think you thought this was me, but look at this. Have you ever thought about this or let's look at it from this angle or did you catch this? Like the prodigal son. I've read that. I don't know how many times and I can see six or seven different sermons in that one passage. Right. And it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great story and it certainly applies to both of our lives. I'm sure. But once you at, once you go through the Bible and you've, you've, you've totally gone through the gospels and so forth and you know who Jesus is or you think you do, then what's the next step? Is that enough? Oh, that's just the start. Okay. Well, what's the next step then? Oh, you got to talk to him. Okay. So we, you pray. Yeah. I, uh, and I think it's more, so when you say you pray, what do you picture? I want to, like, what is your definition of praying to God? Well, I, I'm just me. And I, I usually humble myself and I, I get on my, I get on my knees and on my face in my, in my bedroom and I have the door closed and I have a, have some time in silence. And then I, and then I pray to him mm -hmm. and I tell him things on my heart and I'll say the Lord's prayer. Uh, and, and I'll ask, you know, for wisdom and guidance and to help me in my life and with things I'm struggling with. And I might just talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, think there's totally a time that we have to be totally humble and reverent and on our face. I mean, he's yeah. God. Yeah. And I, you know, imagine that he's standing there right in front of me and I'm, and I'm, you know, on, on my face and subservient to him. Yeah. I, so this is kind of, I'm glad they broke it down for this. I looked this up here before we started and I've always said, Jesus gives us the example of how to do life on earth. He, he, he teaches us how to pray. He shows us how to do ministry. He is the epitome of emotional intelligence and health. He knows how to do relationships. Like he does it all and shows us and says, now go do it. Right. Right. Well, one of the things that I love to pull out of the gospels is how many times Jesus prays and what he does when he prays. And so there's all these different verses. We don't have time to go through every verse, but here's some examples of Jesus praying to God. Okay, go ahead. So one was at his baptism uh, in the morning before he heads to Galilee in Mark. 
Uh, he prays after healing people. He prays before he chooses his 12 disciples. He prays while speaking to the Jewish leaders. He gives thanks to God before he feeds the 5,000. Uh, he, he prays when the 70 return from the mission that he sent them out on. He prays before teaching his disciples the Lord's Prayer. He prays before raising Lazarus from the dead. Are you seeing a pattern here? He prays a lot. He prays in every situation he's in. He talks to God. And he goes off by himself several and times. And then sometimes yeah. he goes off all night. Like when he, right before he chose the 12 disciples, he goes and prays all night. And there was another moment where he went out uh, early, early in the morning and the disciples wake up and they panic and they run around and they go, where, where, where are you? What are you doing? Where everybody's looking for you. Like yeah. he spends time alone as well, but in his everyday situations. And if you read it, uh, like with Lazarus, he just looks to heaven and he says, God, I thank you for hearing me. I know that you hear me, but I say this so that those that are watching this happen, know that you hear me. Lazarus, come forth. Wow. Yeah. And so I, and my wife might kill me for this, but my wife is my example on how to speak to God. Oh, really? She, um, when we were dating, okay, she would just talk to him around the house. Like he was in the house. Oh, really? She would just talk and she didn't think I was listening. And one day I asked her, who are you talking to? And she looked at me and she goes, you weren't supposed to be listening. Well, I don't know what you were saying. I could just hear you talking. She goes, I'm talking to Jesus. And that got me. Yeah. That got me to thinking like that's intimacy with God. Right. Just talking to him because he is there. Right. He says he's never going to leave, never forsake. And his spirit lives inside of us. And so that's where I got the idea to start pouring the two cups of coffee and driving in my car. I do the same thing. And, and, not as often as I should, but there, there are more often than not, I'll just be driving and I'll start talking out loud. What is it that is happening here? Or, or wow, that was kind of funny. I can't believe you had me go through that or, Hmm. And, and I can just have this conversation with him. And I know that he's hearing me because Jesus says that he knows that God is hearing him and God says he hears our prayers. And so when I do it in real life and I have this actual physical manifestation of, uh, being intimate with God and not just doing it in my head because my head goes crazy and it starts to lose thought patterns really quick. When I'm actually just talking to God, I feel like he's right there with me. Okay. Well, let's assume that someone, someone talks to God a lot, but they're not getting any feedback from him. If you were in a relationship with someone that you talk to all the time and you never got any, anything in return, you would say, well, this seems like a kind of a one-sided relationship. This is true. Okay. So for those people out there that say, well, that's awesome, Mike, that you talk to God or your wife talks to God, but when he doesn't talk back, that's, that's a, that's not what, that's not the type of human relationship that we have. I want to hear something. Yes. No. I would, I would like some feedback in some way. Right. Right. I don't need him to be chatty Kathy, but say something. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I get that because there's lots of times where I know that I wish he would be a lot more forthcoming. Right. Um, but it's kind of like what I said at the beginning. There's a lot of times where I heard things in my, in my mind that um, I played off as not God. 
and I'm and I'm learning when it is his voice and not to ignore it. See, I have to know how to hear from him. How are you wired? What do you hear him through? Do you hear him through scripture? Do you hear him through music? Do you hear him in silent times? Do you hear him through the, through through all of them? Do you hear him uh, in nature? Do you hear him? I, there's how are you wired? How does he talk to you? And he's not overwhelming. And and the story of Elijah really shows us that when Elijah is is running away from Jezebel and he goes and hides in the mountain and he goes into the cave. And the earthquake happens and the, and the voice is, God's not in the earthquake. The fire happens and God's not in the fire. And the wind happens and God's not in the wind. And then it was quiet. And God was the whisper. I have to learn how he's talking to me. You have to shut up and listen sometimes. And I have to shut up and listen. <laughs> That's and then when said. I do hear what he says, yeah, okay. Okay. I can't say, yeah, no. I don't want to hear that. I mean, and I don't think he, I don't think he moves past a point. So if I'm asking him something specific, like, give me an answer, God, give me an answer, God. And he gives me an answer. And I'm like, yeah, I don't like that answer. I'm going to wait for another one. I don't think he's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you another answer until you're happy. He says, no, I already gave you the answer. I already told you. Now you do that. I'm not going to give you another one. This is right. your step. Right. You, I, you have to, you have to do what I told you last time before we can have the next next logical yeah, step. Cause sometimes I have to, I have to think, well, God, why haven't you been active? Why aren't you telling me something? And I go, and, and, and it comes back. He goes, I told you, how come you haven't done this yet? And I go, eh, I'm, still, I'm still not ready for that. Still not ready for that. And he goes, that's okay. Okay. All right. All and right. and I'll, what do you want me to do? I told you. Right. Oh yeah. But that was a long time ago. It's got to have changed by now. Right. Right, right, right. Uh, no, I, I told you. Right, like when you told me to go to Bible school. Yeah. yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, that didn't, I didn't think, you know, I thought you were going to tell me to do something cooler than go to Bible school. Yeah, that doesn't sound very cool well, at that all. That doesn't sound very cool. I'm going to kind of ignore you on that one. <laughs> and then ask, you know, years later, I say, hey, what do you want me to do? My life's a real mess. I told you, go to Bible school. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'll go. And yeah. So then I went. Same thing. He right. told me to be in the ministry when I was 14. I said, yeah, I don't want that. Yeah, that doesn't, sound, turned, very, that that doesn't sound very cool. That's boring. I want to yes. race motorcycles or something. Right. I don't know. I don't even know what I want to do, but I don't want to do that. Being a heavy metal band. Yeah. That would have been that cool. That was, actually, that was kind of a goal of mine. That would have been cool, huh? I, I right? didn't make it. Oh. No. Well, I think what you're doing is very cool. We had a we had a really cool band in high school, but it didn't go past that. Oh, well, that's okay. It was fun. It wasn't in God's plan. No. Well, it was. I just did it the wrong way because now, because when I came back, he put me back right into ministry 15 years later. Right. See, he told me, go into ministry. And I said, I don't want to do that. And then I started to just seek out God. And that's right where I ended up. Playing in a band, in the worship team, going to church, leading the youth group, becoming a pastor. He didn't change his mind. And he told me. And I ran away. And then after I said yes and started to go his direction, then he started to talk to me again in different ways and say, okay, now here's your next step. Okay. So let's assume that the listener has read through the gospels, know who's, knows who Jesus is, spends time with him in, his, in the word every day, prays often and listens. How do they know 
what intimacy <laughs> looks like and that they're on the right path. Are there any keys that say, yes, this is, this is how you're growing or, you know, something that, that shows that they're, they're having progress and growth. I think that's the fruit of the spirit. Galatians. Love, joy, joy peace, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness, self-control, self-control. It's a tough one. Those are fruits of the spirit of God, right? Not human nature. I'm selfish. I'm angry. I'm self-centered. I'm all these things. I'm, I'm definitely not patient and I don't have self-control. So you're saying when you have intimacy with God, those fruits will show forth in your life. I think your life, yeah, your life just begins to, to change from the inside out. When you're seeking God, and that's the thing, and I've worked in, in recovery things and in, in the jails and all these things, I can't focus on my problem. And this goes back to our resolution. I can't focus on the thing that I want to fix only. Okay, I know that this is an issue and I need to work on it. Absolutely. But who gives me the strength to overcome my human nature? God. He does. And so when I'm focusing on God and just wanting to develop a relationship with him just because I want a relationship with him, because that's what he wants with me, things start to change. I can forgive people. I can have patience with the guy that cut me off on the interstate. I can be calm in the middle of the chaos that the world is in right now. Right. Well, and you know, I think we all want to be who God created us to be. And we want to, to live the lives that God wants us to have. Once we, once we get right down to it and we've seen that our ways don't work. I mean, that's only natural. Hey, what would God, what does God want me to do? Maybe my life will be amazing then. Yeah. And then if you don't see results right away, you're like, well, this isn't working. Well, that didn't work. Yeah. No. And trust me, like, and I need listeners, you need to hear me. I am definitely not perfect at this. In fact, I fail more often than I succeed, but I'm better than I was 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm better than I was five years ago. Yeah, I'm better, better than I was last year. And right. it's just been a continuous process of seeking God. Right. And, you know, I, I used to focus on the outward problems that I had. And, and truth be told, if I focused on them 100% only, then I never could overcome it. Yeah. And I think that's the key is trying to be better than you were yesterday or last year, or sometime, you know, it's kind of like the Dow Jones. You can go, you can have your ups and downs, but over time <laughs> you should be, you should be higher than you were a decade ago. Yeah. But, and you should be closer in your walk than you were, you know, a year ago. But what does David say? He says a lot of things. Even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Right. For you are with me. Correct. And we're not always going to be high. We're not always going to feel good. We're not always going to have the mountaintop experience. We're not always going to even feel like God looks at us. And that's, and that's not, I don't think the telltale sign of your relationship with God all the time. I think the biggest thing is, is what fruit are we bearing? How 
is our understanding and knowledge of who God is to us, not just as a theological debate, but who is he to you? What has he done in your life? What, what things can you share that, that you go, this is my testimony because Jesus showed up. And I think the biggest thing that this is what we miss, this is what I've missed, this is what I still struggle with, is just knowing I am enough that I just need to be with him and I don't have to do anything for him to love me. Right. And when I start to understand that, and as I start to understand that, I'm able to cope with all the rest of the chaos in my life because I know where my center is. Yeah, and he's not merit-based. Your your salvation isn't merit-based. Your relationship with him isn't merit-based on what you do. Yeah. Right. And, and that's where I start to understand who he is and how, how much more precious the gift that he has given me is. Right. And I don't want the listener to think that, well, I don't have to do anything because I'm, I'm, I'm saved. Because <laughs> there's no. always, that's no, no, no. always an easy one. You can always say, well, he loves me. He loves me no matter what I do. So right. I'm going to be a meth ad or something. And yeah, no. Yeah. You, uh, you, you, you read through James, the, the verses that you had there and. <laughs> James starts to tell us, yeah, you, 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 you don't just get to sit back and, and be in your lazy boy. Right. He's, he's, there will be some, there'll be some fruit. The fruit in your life be produces your life. the works that want to pour out what God has given you to others. Right. And, and all of these things, this is the exhibit of God being in you and working through you and that you know who he is because as you get to know who he is, you can't help but want to share that with others. You can't help but want to be the light that Jesus calls us to be in this world. You can't help but want to just pour out because you're so full of him and his love and who you are in him that it that it it just glows. Right. You should want to produce fruit for the, for your God and that's the way it is. You should yeah, you'll have this inner desire to please him. Yeah. To just and and yeah, just being in that presence. And so I really don't think there's a formula to it at all. There really isn't. It's individual and you have to you have to heart thing and you have to listen to your heart and you have to you have to spend time with the Lord. And yeah. you know if he doesn't talk back to you, that's probably normal and don't get discouraged. Try it again. Right. And try it again. Yes, keep and spending try it again. keep spending time on your knees <laughs> with God and and you'll get closer to him. You are getting closer to him. And find that thing that that is how you connect with God. Because every one of us is wired differently. Yes. So I poured the cup of coffee and I sat there and talked to Jesus. My wife would just talk to him as she was doing her daily routine around the house. Some right. people take walks out into the middle of nowhere in the mountains so that they can get into this space where they can hear from him. Some people hear him through the words of worship music. Right. Some people hear him through the Lectio Divina practice of reading the scripture. Some people, I mean, how are you wired? Yeah. How, how has he wired you because he made you. Right. And he's going to speak to you how you're wired. And when you find that way, try new things and connect with him uh, in, in ways that that you can feel. And, yeah. and that's, that's where the sweet spot is. Yeah. Go deeper and deeper because as a relationship and, and any good marriage will tell you 
throughout my marriage, I had to get deeper and grow in the way I communicate with my husband or my wife, or it just got stagnant. If I didn't grow in my communication with them, our relationship didn't grow. And it's the same with God. As I grow with him, my communication with him deepens and it becomes more. And, and I don't just have to, or necessarily get to do what worked in the very beginning because my relationship is growing with him. Right. So, you know, if you're still doing the same thing that you were doing 10 years ago and you're saying, well, this doesn't seem like it's working, it probably isn't. Yeah. So it's become stagnant. Try something else. Take the next step. Yeah. What has he been telling you to do? Try something else. (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm betting there's that thought and I've had it and I still have them. Well, how, how come you haven't done this yet? Hmm. Well, that 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 seems hard or weird or different, and I don't right. know if I want to try it. Yeah, because I've had that conversation with him. I've just said, you know, it seems like I've asked you for this for a long time, and you, I'm not, I'm not getting any answers from you. <laughs> and then I, I don't know if it's from him, but I hear the thoughts like, you know what? How long did he wait for you? Mm. <laughs> that one, that one really sticks. Yeah. I don't know if that's actually God talking to me. It's like, but it's just like logic. It's like, you know, he's been waiting for you for a long time too. <laughs> Even longer than you've been waiting for him. Maybe you have to d- dig into that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's it. I can't. I I always hesitate to put God in a box and say it's only this way. Right. There's absolutely you have to fit ways that, these parameters yeah. of how I see you, or that doesn't work, or that's not going to work for me, and our relationship is over. Right. And so I always measure what's happening in my life, in my relationship with Jesus, with my relationship with God, my relationship with the Holy Spirit is through how it's been shown to me in scriptures. And does it measure up? Is it taking away from that? No. Hmm. Maybe that is God because my God is bigger than anything I can imagine. He certainly is. And that's the best New Year's resolution you can have is get closer with your God in 2023. Walk around the house and talk to him like he's there. Yeah. Pour a cup of coffee. Do whatever works for you. Go out into nature. And you got to feel it. Blast the worship music. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Get on your face in your bedroom. Whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, That's that's kind of our challenge to you, listener, for this uh, another new year that's coming. And however many it is for you, I'm sure that it has its anxieties. It has its joys and it has its excitements. Uh, but I hope that this has challenged you as it's challenged me to take that next step to get closer to God. Yeah. And your relationship with God is the most important relationship you're ever going to have. Yes. And nothing ever even comes close. And this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. And it's an, and it's an eternal relationship that will always grow. Yes. I can't wait. I can't wait either. I can't wait. I can't wait for the actually face to face conversations. With yeah, I've got a lot of questions. I don't know I if do I'll remember too. any of them when I get there, but I got right. a lot of questions. I do too. I need to write them down somewhere so I don't forget. <laughs> I don't think I get to take my notepad with me. Do I get to take my binder with wait, me? Wait, 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 Jesus! I need to go get my notepad. Wait. He's like, it's okay. No, I, you I won't. Worry. I have all the answers. For you. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, I want to wish you all a happy new year um, yes be safe and get to know god we love you god bless god bless see you next year
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's Word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.